Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! What's going on, ball and glove loving Brewer fans? Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kirk. You can find my writing with following your brewing brew and Wisconsin Sports Heroics on Twitter. Joining me today is my cheesehead loving buddy, Trevor. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy Podcast. He can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. Today we have a fun recap against the Cubs. Because fuck the Cubs, we swept them. Nothing is better than that. Uh, minus maybe drinking beer and talking brewers with you. So, how are you doing over there, Trevor? Well, I personally take the Cubs sweep over that, Tyler. But we get both, so. Just trying to be sentimental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm doing great. I just want to say I finally called it and didn't jinx the brewers on a series so I'm proud of that. The second thing I'm proud of, I don't remember the last time I did two series recaps in a row. So I'm proud of myself. I'm going to pat myself on the back. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to pat you on the back too. And then I'm, I'm probably going to stop your streak at two because, of course, we have a four-game series that ends on Sunday and we have a holiday on Monday. So, or at least I'm observed holiday on Monday, I guess. So. Well, you get a holiday. I don't. I'll be working. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to be in Wisconsin, so I don't know if that recap's going to happen or not. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's his. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, that's all right. <laughs> Can you predict a sweep of the Pirates? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, the Pirates still suck, right? Yeah, but they always play us tough. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's going to be 12 in a row by the time you don't listen to a recap podcast on Monday. All right, I'm, I'm holding it to you because what are we on? We're on eight games now after a sweep of the Cub, their longest winning streak since the end of 2018. Our six-game division lead is the longest since July 2014. First sweep of the Cubs since 2013 or 2014, one of the two. So lots of things going right. Let's get into that recap here quick. Game one was a 14-4 victory. Really wild game that included a 10-run eighth inning for the Brewers that blew the game wide open. The game started off on a sour note as Freddie Peralta issued a leadoff walk and then Ian Happ immediately hit a two-run homer. Thankfully, the Brewers offense was able to get some runs back in the first inning. Obviously, Garcia singled home two runs to tie the game. And then right away back in the second inning, Freddie Peralta gets two quick outs, and you think he's, you know, we're going to get the Brewers back, get some momentum going here. But then the Cubs end up loading the bases. Kyle Hendrick reaches base, and then back-to-back walks. And also you got Javier Baez up, but thankfully Freddie Peralta is able to get him out on three pitches. In the third inning, obviously Garcia had his third RB high of the game with a solo homer. And then Kisson here attacked on a run in the sixth with an RBI single to the opposite field. At that time, all was looking good. We brought in Brad Boxberger in for the seventh inning. 
who then gave up a two-run homer to tie the game at four, just like that. In the top of the eighth, we used Devin Williams, who on 34 pitches got out of a bases-loaded jam. He did get the first two Cubs out easily, but then an Eric Sogard double followed by back-to-back walks put him in a jam, and thankfully he got out of that just with the high pitch count. In the eighth inning, initially we tacked on a 6-4 to lead. We had two outs at that time. And then we proceeded to score eight more runs, all with two outs. So Taylor's sack fly made it 6-4, to four, then Urias doubled to make it 7-4. to four. And then the Cubs intentionally walked Yelich to set up Willie Adamas, who th- hit a three-run bomb and had an epic bat flip where he, he stared down into the Milwaukee dugout and was just so amped up. After the homer, Narvaez walked, Garcia singled, Jace Peterson hit a run-scoring double, which set up another home run. This time, Keston Hira brought in three runs with a liner into right field, and that's how we got to 14-4. Eric Sogard did end up pitching for the Cubs in this game, and uh, funny enough, they did check him for sticky stuff after that inning, which is just absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Game two, not as much offense a 2-1 victory in which the Brewers recorded just two hits all game. Thankfully, a Yelich double in the first inning scored Willie Adamas. He got on via the walk, so that's what gave us an early 1-0 lead. And the lead would stay like that until the fourth inning. Woodruff would allow a lead-off, lead-off triple to Baez, and then Pad- Patrick Wisdom hit a, another clutch hit for the Cubs to tie the game at 1. We did counter in the bottom of the fourth. Jace Peterson recorded an RBI single to sort of Christian Yelich from second base. Yelich was able to get into scoring position via steal, in which he pulled like some weird matrix shit to steal the base, despite the throw being uh, there in plenty of time. He just kind of tucked his arm out of the way, leaned his head back, and Baez missed the tag. Jason Hayward did have the ball bounce off his chest in that inning uh, when Peterson hit that single, so he gets tagged with air on the play, and Yelich scored easily. Peterson was able to get into second base, on that play as well. In that same inning, Hero was the next batter. He was hit by a pitch. Manny Pena then drew a nice walk. So that brought up Brandon Woodruff with the bases loaded, and then he struck out swinging, unfortunately. And from there, the Brewers went hitless, but the pitching was able to shut the Cubs out the rest of the way. And it was by no means dominance or pretty from our pitching staff, but we're going to call it effective nonetheless. In the seventh, Suter recorded two quick outs, and then Jake Cousins came in for his first ever high leverage appearance. He ended up walking Contreras, hitting Baez with a pitch, and then thankfully he was able to get Ian Happ striking out on his slider. Boxberger came in for the eighth, and he was shaky again. He issued two walks, but was able to get out of it thanks to a lineup double play right at Jace Peterson, who was playing first base. And then we brought on Hayter for the save, and he had a shaky outing. He gave up a single, filed by a walk to Wilson Contreras, he was really struggling with command and only had one out at this time. But thankfully, Javier Baez had his own agenda and chased a few pitches and ended up striking out swinging to get the second out. And then to end the game, Lobaton grounded out to first base. Josh Hader had to cover on the play, and he actually missed the bag with his foot at first and had to dive back and tag the base with his glove. Lobaton went flying over him. He got injured on the play. Thankfully, Josh Hader was okay, and he recorded his 20th save of the year. Game 3, 15-7 victory. Absolutely nuts. The Cubs put up seven runs in the first inning. It was Aaron Ashby's MLB debut. Did not go very well. The first four base runners reached base. As I said, seven runs scored, but only four of them ended up being earned in that first inning. 
And then the Brewers from there go on to proceed to score 15 unanswered runs the remainder of the game. They got one back in the first inning and then five more runs in the second inning. So they would remain down a run until the fourth inning when they put up an eight-run fourth inning, highlighted by a Willie Adamas grand slam. So at 14-7, the last run came by a Luis Urias homer in the sixth inning. That's what made it 15-7. A ton of offense in this game. I didn't get to watch it because it was during the middle of the day, Uh, but good to see the offense building upon their two really great offensive performances here in the series versus the Cubs. And the Brewers just in general are building up to something good, building up to a good season. And with that, you should pursue Built Bar. Get what I did there? Built Bar is a protein bar. They are great tasting. They have just about any flavor that you can imagine. And you can get 10% off your order by using the promo code TRILOGY. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code TRILOGY to get 10% off your order to do that and give them a try. So this was a lot of wild stuff happening in this series here, Trevor. Where do you want to start dissecting this? Well, first... I want to start with the offense. I have been giving the offense unrelenting shit for, what, how long has this season been going so far? (laughs) Three months? Today is game 81. We're halfway through. We're halfway through. Through the first half of the season, unrelenting shit to this offense. And then, in this series, they go out and get three innings with five or more runs in an inning. They And two of those were in the same fucking game. (laughs) <laughs> in the series finale, which was incredible after going down 7-0. They had two over eight, and then obviously in the first game of the series, they had that double-digit 10-run eighth inning, um, which it was tied 4-4, and the Brewers win 4-14 in that one. The offense came out of nowhere. Pitching was really good in game two, and the offense didn't really show up that day. Um, but when the offense needed to show up in games one and Three, they definitely did that and did just enough in game two. Um, incredible stuff. Keston Hira keeps hitting well enough. It's still not great, I don't think. The numbers aren't fantastic, but he's getting the important timing. He's you know he's getting the big hits when he needs to. I think what he had five RBIs in this series, so a pretty nice um, number there for him. I think that's pretty impressive. Um, other than that, for Keston, he only struck out three times. I'll take that in a three-game series. Like, definitely take that. Um, it was just impressive what everyone did. Urias, impressive. Adamus, impressive. Peterson, what? <laughs> Six of ten with three walks? So he was truly on base nine of 13 times with five RBIs. The three worst statistical um, players on offense this series were Omar Narvaez, Christian Yelich, and uh, Tyron Taylor. That was that was really your three. You wouldn't really expect Yelich and Narvaez to be there. They're supposed to be one of your top-end offense. Um, so that just shows you there was a lot of stepping up elsewhere for this roster, which I think is, is a big-time thing, and what has made this eight-game winning streak possible. 
Isn't that crazy when we're saying Yelich was one of the worst statistical people this year, but yet he was on base six out of his 15 at bats? <laughs> like, it's just crazy. That's how good everyone else did in this series. Yeah, and I will be honest, I just saw the two of 11. I didn't see the four walks. Yeah, but, yeah the um, two of 11 is deceiving. <laughs> yeah, and, and not that that's truly awful. Obviously, we'd like to see it better, but you add in the four walks, that's good. I still think... You know, I expect Keston here to strike out three to five times in the series. I really do. But he's starting to get the hits that we expect from him, too. Um, I do not expect Christian Yellis to strike out five times in a series, though. It's just happened way too often this year. And I feel like it's partially my fault because every time I watch Yelich hit, he's striking out. I don't think I've watched a Yelich hit live this year. It's ridiculous. Uh, well, maybe you got to change your voodoo around and... I don't know. You got to predict something with Yelich here. You got to, yeah, you're good luck apparently. So, <laughs> um, um, but the the year Christian Yelich won the MVP, he did not make it to the All Star game, right? So in 2018, Jesus Aguilar was an All Star. Lorenzo Cain, Josh Hader, Jeremy Jeffress, and Christian Yelich. Yelich did make oh, it he, in 2018. He did make it. Okay. Yep. But it definitely was his second half of the season that propelled him over. I'll, I'll definitely agree with you there. And I, I think the hits are going to come for him. I'm just glad he's he's getting on base. And, you know, he's not chasing pitches. When he's striking out, it's because he, he's just missing. And, and people are, are pitching him that way. Like, it's either right on the corner or it's a ball. No one's throwing him fat, anything fat down the plate. Um, so I think I think teams are content with him walking at, at this point. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to give my public service announcement in a, an apology for Jace Peterson. I think a couple podcasts ago I called him unserviceable, and then he has this series, <laughs> like you mentioned. <laughs> so, whoops, that came uh, back to backfire. Uh, but you mentioned the stats with everyone. Like, it's just crazy. A series where Urias has five RBIs, Hira five RBIs, Peterson five RBIs, Willie Adamas seven RBIs. Let's just take a moment to appreciate this kid even more. He brings so much energy, so many clutch hits. He had a crazy bat flip in game one when he hit, I think it was a three-run homer. And after the game, he was like, I don't know if I should have did that. Was that over the top? And I'm like, no, man, enjoy that moment. Like, fuck the Cubs fans. And I think he described it as like, as his first Brewers Cub experience, he was like, I felt like I finally made it to the big leagues. Like, this was so awesome. So I just love this kid even more every day. To me, him saying that this felt like the first time he's made it to the big leagues makes it feel like he is going to wreck the postseason. It seems like he's made for that moment and he wants to make those plays. And when it happens, three-run home run, to send the Brewers to the World Series, flip the shit out of that bat. <laughs> hell yeah, I'm all for the bat flips. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> I, I'm okay with it as long as I like the player. But if Manny Machado does a backflip, I'm bat flip, I want to just tackle him. Well, Manny Machado, yeah, anything he does, Brewer fans hate. Even if he if they're if he's coming to Milwaukee, people are booing already. So that's just Machado. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so offense was obviously great. It, like you said, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Brandon Woodruff had another great performance, six innings, eight strikeouts. Peralta, minus that first inning where he gave up a two-run homer, was great, six innings, eight strikeouts, did have four walks, which we've talked about. 
Um, but then probably the biggest pitching news was we pushed back Corbin Burns' start, so he'll be starting Thursday. And lo and behold, up comes Aaron Ashby, who everybody has just been waiting for. And I'm like, he's going to go out and throw seven scoreless. We're going to have the new quad-headed monster. And, you know, then he gets rocked the first inning. So <laughs> what's your take on Ashby and his MLB debut? Um, well, I told you this before, Tyler. I got out of – I don't know what I was doing. I looked at the score, and it was 5-0, to zero, and I gave up on the game. <laughs> um, I didn't check the score again until I got an ESPN update saying they somehow – came back from that and I didn't even know it was seven to zero in the first inning. Um, but that's a rough outing, obviously way too early to say anything about Aaron Ashby, but four earned runs, three walks, four hits, um, over plus innings pitched. He didn't get an out. Uh, he got two outs. He got two outs. Even still, that's rough. That is rough. Um, but obviously, like I said, it's, it's a tough, tough thing to do to pitch in the majors, and he didn't have it today. Uh, I hope for his sake they're able to let him go back down, get his confidence back up, and hopefully the next time he comes back up, um, maybe it'll be like out of a bullpen role, you know, coming in for one hitter and just say, go get him. This is your job is to get one out here and just slowly start to build that confidence because uh, – that was, that was a struggle today, but, you know, I guess we'll see how he's able to bounce back. I think he will, um, and it's important for him, too, for the future of this franchise, I think, because he could be a big part of this franchise. Um, so he's got to bounce back. I just hope he can do it relatively quickly and, and get back up here because I, I mean, maybe he's not going to be back up in 2021 and make an impact on this 2021 team, but I think in 2022 – uh, the Brewers would very much like to see him up and making an impact. Yeah, I mean, at least his debut wasn't worse than Alec Bettinger. He gave up 11 earned runs in his debut, so that, um, that's pretty bad. Do you remember um, Phil Bickford, Tyler? <laughs> um, you know, actually, he's been tearing it up with the Dodgers. Or at least I know. For a moment. <laughs> but, yeah, fuck Phil Bickford. We're not talking about him. <laughs> I know he was your favorite pitcher on the Brewers. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Like this stuff, you know, but, geez, not good in games. No, not good. Uh, but I guess I haven't even heard, like, what – I don't. I haven't heard that the Brewers are for sure going to send Ashby down after this outing. I know they had been trialing him in the bullpen in AAA to get him ready for the majors. Like, they want to use him in that Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns 2018 bullpen role. That, that's what they're preparing him for. So, like, if you send him down, that's just a major – you know, you're you're breaking him at that point. You know, it's a major loss of confidence. Uh, so I, I guess I don't know. I, I am fine with him staying up. We we saw him tear it up in spring training. He's been he's been doing well in AAA, striking out a lot of batters. And I think there are a lot worse options to have up here. So I mean, I, I just I just assumed that they would send him down, but I guess I don't know. Um, I guess I didn't know that was their long term play, or I mean. This year's play, you know, by September to have him in that type of role. Um, if that's the case, then just start giving him the non-leverage situations out of the bullpen. Eric Lauer gives up six runs through three. Throw him out there. Let him let him get some an inning or two under his belt. Let him 
his emotions calm down. It's not in a um, Brewers Cubs game, you know, all those types of things. It's just a normal situation. He can just kind of get his bearings and then go from there. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point because Brewers Cubs, anyone's going to be hyped for that. And to make your debut, that's that's tough. And, you know, like you said, an Eric Lauer six-run outing or a Brett Anderson getting injured after an inning, one of those is bound to happen here in the near future, of course, once Anderson comes back from the IL. Um, but, yeah, I guess otherwise, pitching-wise, we got to see uh, Jake Cousins in a high-leverage role. He, he struggled mightily, but, again, you're coming in against the Cubs. That, that's tough, but he did get out of it unscathed, so that was a plus. Brad Boxberger struggled again here a lot with command. Four walks in his two outings. Gave up a two-run homer that the Cubs were able to tie the game at that point. Not commanding the changeup for crap, basically. And, you know, this is a couple outings in a row now where he struggled. I think he was our dud. At least he was my dud a few series ago. Um, kind of worried about him. He, I think he's starting to lose it a little bit. Yeah. And he did a lot better than I expected to start this year. So I don't know. I kind of want to see how he's doing, you know, right around trade deadline time. And then if he stays on this team, like right after, can he start picking it up and just start to get back to like, if we can get him to pitch an inning each time and every sixth, fifth or sixth outing, he's giving up a run, you know, let's, let's get back to that. It doesn't have to be complete shutout. It doesn't have to be three strikeouts every time. But just get us get us to live another day. Get us to Williams or Hader when we have a two-run lead, right? That That's his role. It doesn't have to be shut-down stuff, um, but he, he does have to bridge that gap from starter to Williams and Hader um, in a close game. And hopefully, I, I'm personally hoping someone else steps up and gets that role, though. Yeah, I agree. There could be an element of fatigue, like with Boxberger, too. Like in the beginning of the year, I felt like he was pumping 95, 96 a lot more regularly. Now he's hovering more towards 94. I mean, that's just, you know, going off my intuition. I, I guess I didn't look up uh, any of his, you know, his velocity or spin rates at all or anything. But definitely command is an issue for him right now. And yeah, hopefully he can step it up. Is he the right you know, the right seventh inning setup guy long-term for the postseason. I don't know. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe somebody will step up. Like you said, let's pick a series MVP. I think this is going to be pretty tough. So who do you got? I am going with a guy that I have bashed a lot of the season. He's probably my highest dud count for me. And that's Luis Urias. Six of 14. Five RBIs, two doubles, two home runs. There's a lot of guys that this could go to. Um, but I have picked on him a lot of the season. And he showed out today or this weekend, this week, what, this series. Jeez. Um, <laughs> uh, but he was he was impressive. Very, very impressive this series. Um, it's important that we get some sort of production from him now knowing what we know of Urias I'm guessing in a series or two we're gonna see a nice 0 for 14 here pretty soon um don't want to jinx anything because what he did was impressive but hopefully he can keep on this this trend and, and continue to hit well because this was impressive what he did today but like I said offensively there's a lot of people you could choose 
Yeah, man, Urias is, he's not as confusing as like Eric Lauer from the pitching mound, but like he just gives me all these hopes where it's like, hey, we don't need to go get another third baseman. He's doing great. I mean, he's got, what, 10 homers, 39 RBIs on the season now. That's like, I think RBI-wise, that's got to be second best on the team just behind Garcia. So like he's very productive uh, at times. But yeah, like you said, a little bit streaky. We've mentioned that. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Adamas. He's been my series MVP three out of the last four series now. So there's a little bit of a theme there, but hard to top seven RBIs with two homers. He was on base six times. Uh, three for 11 was his, his batting average stat line there. And then we already mentioned Jace Peterson. I'm, I'm going to give him an honorable mention. So that's where I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I think you can throw Keston in the honorable mentions. Um Three of ten, nothing super spectacular, but that's 300. Only three strikeouts, like I said. I think three strikeouts, if he could get three strikeouts every series, I would love that because I think that's pretty good for him because we know what he is. He strikes out and he hits the ball far. He struck out this series three times, five RBIs, home run. He did walk as well. Um, I think he deserves some notice. We haven't even mentioned JBJ, who wasn't ultra productive, but four of nine. With an RBI, you know, like I said, not ultra productive in in a series where there is, what, four guys over five RBIs. <laughs> um, so not ultra productive, but he was effective, four of nine. You mentioned Peterson. Uh, I think Avi was fine, three of nine, three strikeouts, three RBIs, a home run. And then lastly, my honorable mention um, is kind of tied for pitching, I think, Freddie and Brandon Woodruff were, were both very, very good. Again, outside of that first inning for, for Freddie, but both of them were very, very effective in what we needed in this series. What about series dud? I talked about mine a little bit earlier. It was I'm going to go with Boxberger. We mentioned the command struggles with him there. Ends up giving up a two-run homer that ties the game. And then, you know, of course, then the Brewers go on for that crazy 10 run inning uh but didn't come through uh just hasn't looked sharp so i'm gonna give him my dud yeah yeah i think that's fair man this is tough because i don't want to double up on boxberger uh <laughs> poor guy i don't want to double up on him i'm just gonna do it because i have been one that has has done this probably more often than i should Tyler's already typing, so he already knows who I'm going to say. And that's Christian Yelich. Again, not that 2 of 11 is terrible. And you add in the four walks, again, not terrible. Uh, but in a series where almost everyone else was productive, to have five strikeouts, an RBI, just to me, with everyone else's stat line, it's just, I expect more from Christian. Um, and... This offense is clicking right now because, you know, of guys like Urias, Adamas, um, Peterson in this series. Like, they kind of carried it, those three. And then you add in Garcia and Hira and JBJ. They were kind of the next wave. And Yelich, you know, he's in that third wave of offense, which he can't be. He's got to be in that first wave, and he's got to be more effective. Um, it's just it hasn't been his year yet. And I just kind of want to give him a kick in the ass. So he's on the dud list for me. Fair enough. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. So, okay. Yeah, that is 
That's pretty much the Cubs series in a nutshell. It, there was a lot of action going on in this game. Ton of offensive players who you should be excited about, which, uh, you know, that's what we've been waiting for all year. Hopefully that can continue. We got some weaker competition in the Pirates coming up, but then we got the Mets after that. So that's going to be a very fun series to watch. We probably will not be back for the Pirates series. As I mentioned, I'm going to be out of town. So unless Trevor's going to man up and run solo, probably not. <laughs> we'll be back to recap the Mets series, uh, and then we'll go from there. So hopefully the Brewers are able to continue their winning streak. Uh, hopefully we're going to extend on the NL Central lead. And everyone should start getting excited about the Brewers. I know it's hard when, when the Bucks are playing right now and the Eastern oh, Conference God, Finals are going on. We're getting overshadowed a little bit. Uh, but, man, get excited for this team. They're, they're doing some great things, and, and we'll be here to recap them all the way through. So until next time, we'll talk to you later, Brewer fans. And before we leave, um, because I see Brewer fans doing this all the time on Twitter. You're getting all up in your feelings. The Bucks deserve the spotlight right now. The Brewers are playing great, and they deserve credit. They're playing great. But it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Bucks deserve the spotlight right now. Enjoy that. Hopefully we get Giannis back. He avoided structural damage in his knee. Um, so hopefully he's okay and we can get him back. Um, hopefully for the Eastern Conference Finals. But if not, they move on to the, the finals. Hopefully we get him back. But like I said, I think Brewer fans get way too upset way too easily about other teams getting media coverage. Um, just so you know, in the NBA playoffs, it's going to be Bucks. Um, anytime outside of MLB playoffs, it's probably going to be the Packers. It's just how Wisconsin is. Deal with it. Enjoy your team. Have fun watching them. But don't complain on Twitter, please. It's annoying. Thanks. Trust in Stearns.